Brought to you by Business Fights Poverty. Hello and welcome to Business Fights Poverty Spotlight Interviews. I am Katie Heisen, Director of Thought Leadership. Each week, these interviews provide you with the insights from a different perspective of Business Fight Poverty Network, giving you first-hand understanding of how businesses and others are working on some of the world's biggest social challenges. Today, I'm very privileged to be joined by Professor Colin Mayer. Professor Mayer has devoted his life, learning and career to the role of business in society, from governance and taxation to responsible and ethical business decision-making. Professor Mayer's thinking has resulted in him becoming a fellow with distinguished organisations such as the British Academy, the European Corporate Governance Institute and the Centre for Economic Policy Research. He is also a fellow with academic giants such as Harvard University and perhaps most notably Oxford University where he is one of their resident MBA and MA lecturers at the Said Business School. When he isn't teaching, you may find Colin assisting businesses with their economics and energy modelling, or you may find him working with the Competition Appeal Tribunal or the UK Government's Natural Capital Committee. And yet he still finds time to write. In the last two years, he's published titles such as Valuing the Invaluable, How Much is the Planet Worth? Alongside Prosperity, Better Business Makes the Greater Good. And the one we want to talk about today the principles of purposeful business. In 2017, Professor Mayer was appointed commander of the Order of the British Empire, also known as a CBE, in the New Year's Honours List by Her Majesty the Queen for services to business education and the administration of justice in the economic sphere. Professor Mayer, welcome. Thank you very much indeed, and thank you for inviting me to participate on this. Oh, well, it's great to have you. And My first question today, really, sir, is you've recently released the second edition of Principles for Purposeful Business in association with the British Academy. What's really driving this? The British Academy Future of the Corporation programme was set up to address the question of how business needs to change over the coming years to address the social, environmental problems that it faces and to take advantage of the remarkable technological advances that are in progress. And so we convene together people from across the humanities and social sciences in philosophy and history, in law and politics, as well as in economics and business, to look at what we need to do in terms of reconceiving the notion of business over the coming years. And what emerged from that was the idea of thinking about business's purpose beyond just that of making money and what are the enabling values and culture that ensure that business can be trustworthy in terms of delivering on those purposes. We brought out that reconceptualization in a report that we published in November 2018. And over the last year, we've been working on identifying a set of principles that can be applied to implement that reconceptualization. And in November of 2019, we brought out a second report which sets out eight principles uh, that we believe are key 
to really bringing about the necessary transformation of business. Those eight principles are around, first of all, law and regulation. Secondly, ownership and governance. Thirdly, measurement and performance. And fourthly, finance and investment. And now, having set those principles out, what we're working on in the third and final year of the British Academy programme is a demonstration as to how those principles can be, in practice, implemented by business and by policymakers around the world, and how the introduction of those principles really helps to create purposeful companies that can address the problems that we face as societies and the natural world. Um, In the paper, you say that purpose is becoming more meaningful for business. Why do you think that is? There are at least two reasons why business is increasingly focusing on purpose, and that is very much the direction of travel of business. It was reflected in statements that were made, for example, by Larry Fink, the CEO and president of BlackRock at the beginning of 2019, and in the Business Roundtable statement on corporate purpose, in the Financial Times campaign, the New Agenda, Capitalism, Time for a Reset, and in many other pronouncements that have been made by business leaders, by investors, by policymakers, and by journalists regarding the importance of corporate purpose. Now, the reason why this is happening is that, first of all, there's a sense of urgency and, in some quarters, crisis about the problems that we are facing increasingly, most obviously in relation to the environment and climate change, but also in a social and uh, political context, and a sense that there is a real need for companies to move beyond the notion that their purpose is to promote the financial returns of their activities to the benefit of their shareholders. The second reason why companies are becoming increasingly focused on this is that there's a concern that if they don't take the initiative, then others will do it for them. And in particular, that there will be increasing pressure from regulators and policymakers in terms of law changes and regulatory changes that will essentially impose this on companies. And many firms and investors are keen to preempt that and to encourage their businesses to move in a direction which makes them more purposeful in addressing the types of problems that that regulation will otherwise seek to address. Professor Mayer, you've been focusing on economics and business finance for more than 40 years. What do you think are the biggest shifts in business during this time? Well, the, uh, the first major shift that uh, occurred in this area is approximately 60 years ago. And the basis of the uh, notion of the purpose of business being to promote the uh, interest of their shareholders and focus on, on their profits was very much a product of ideas that emerged after the Second World War. There was a problem that occurred in business in terms of what is known as being the separation between ownership and control, which reflected the increasing dispersion of ownership 
that was taking place in companies around the world. And that dispersion of ownership meant that there was relatively little oversight that was coming from shareholders in terms of the ways in which companies were being managed by their directors. And in response to that, there was an increasing view that business needed to be more focused on how it was delivering benefits for their investors. And that was most clearly stated by Milton Friedman, the Nobel Prize-winning economist, first in 1962, and then he reiterated it in an article in the New York Times in 1970, in which he said that there is one and only one social purpose of business to increase profits so long as it stays within the rules of the game. And that notion has been very much the basis of business thinking, business leadership, and practice and business policymaking around the world since then. And there have been a lot of factors that have intensified it in the subsequent 60 years that came about, firstly, from the emergence of what is termed the market for corporate control, that is to say, takeovers, and in particular, hostile takeovers, and more recently in the form of engagement by institutional investors through, in particular, uh, what is known as hedge fund activism, by which some institutions buy blocks of shares and companies and then use those to influence the behavior of a company towards promoting more uh, focus on the financial performance of firms. Now, the concern to which this is giving rise is that that pressure is making companies increasingly focused on, in particular, their short-term financial returns, and that that comes at the expense of business being able to be more purposeful in promoting longer-term value creation, but also in terms of the impact that they're having on other stakeholders and parties in the firm. And so the recent debate that's taken place has been around the notion of how does one rebalance that increasing pressure on companies to focus on short-term financial returns with their objectives in terms of promoting longer-term benefits, and in particular, taking account of the interests of other parties, other parties in terms of their employees, their customers, but also those in their supply chains around the world to encourage the success of the company in a broader sense beyond just financial returns, including its impact on the natural world and the environment. Looking forward, I mean, the Business Fights Poverty Network that we're part of is around 24,000 people who hopefully care about making business more about a force for good. What do you see as the key factors or issues and trends that they should be aware of, whether they're within those organizations, within those businesses, or the supporting organizations around them, whether NGOs, other academics, policymakers, etc.? Well, I think that the main factor of which they uh, might be aware is the increasing shift in the direction that I've just been talking about. There has, even over just the last few months, been a significant change in attitude 
on the part of business leaders, of institutional investors, in regard to the importance of these factors. It's most evident in relation to concerns about the environment and climate change, and uh, a sense that it's very important that companies increasingly appreciate the role that they can play, not just in terms of avoiding environmental damage, but contributing towards the solution to the problem. Now, that emphasis on the broader environmental responsibility of companies is also being reflected in an increasing understanding of the role of companies in terms of avoiding having negative impacts on their uh, employees and their workers more generally in their supply chains and in, on the communities in which they operate around the world. That aspect of being more socially and environmentally aware is happening, but many people feel it's perhaps not happening as fast as it needs to, in particular in, re in relation to climatic change. And also that perhaps it lacks in some areas the degree of implementation and integrity in terms of ensuring it happens that is really needed. The way in which we define corporate purpose in the British Academy program is in terms of talking about it as being about solving problems, that business is really there to solve problems profitably. And in particular, we define the purpose of a company as being to produce profitable solutions to the problems of people and planet and not to profit from producing problems for people or planet. Now, that notion of what the purpose of a business is, is something that has a, a number of significant features associated with it, one of which is that business is not simply there to produce goods and services, and that the purpose of a company is not simply descriptive of what it does, but nor is it so vaguely aspirational as to be of very little meaning. A real purpose is precise in terms of, first of all, what problems a company is there to solve, how it should set about solving those problems, over what period it's solving those problems, and why the company is particularly well suited to solving those problems, and for whom is it solving those problems. Now, in the context of fighting poverty around the world, what it means is that the role of companies increasingly going forward is and should be towards thinking about how poverty alleviation, not just diminishing inequality around the world, needs to be a real focus of the largest corporations as well as social enterprises and startup companies. And that that needs the adoption of structures and methods of operation within companies, which really demonstrate that they are effectively addressing those issues. So what is now 
happening beyond the notion of a recognition that companies have purposes beyond their profitability is uh, a growing understanding of what this means in terms of things such as the ownership of companies, the way in which they are governed, the way in which they measure their performance, and the way in which they demonstrate that, first of all, they are not creating problems in terms of, for example, employing people at uh, below living wages or even below minimum wages, but employing people in forms of endeavors that uh, give real meaning to work and ensure that people are both adequately rewarded for so doing and in conditions that are appropriate for them to be working in. Professor Mayer, thank you very much for that really useful information. Um, We care very deeply about our kind of peer-to-peer support during these podcasts. What might be your advice to those listening, whether career advice or your sort of professional insight? Well, the the direction of travel of business that I've just been talking about has very significant implications for the types of careers that people can and should be pursuing going forward, and also for the type of education and training that both companies should be providing their workforce and people engaged with them, but also business schools and other educational institutions around the world should be offering their their students. And in particular, it it involves retooling around the notion that education and skills that are required going forward are going to be are very much focused on how can people in their livelihoods, in their employment, contribute towards helping their institutions, their organizations, solve problems. Now, what does it take to make business a very powerful vehicle for solving the global problems? And it potentially is an extremely powerful tool, both in terms of the resources that it has available to it, and also in terms of the way in which business has the organizational capacity to do that. What it takes is for people to have the uh, understanding of how one, first of all, identifies problems in different parts of the ecosystems of companies in, in, in their supply chains, in their communities, and how one then sets about relieving and addressing those problems. And in many cases, it requires business to work in very close partnership with other organizations outside as well as within the private sector, with NGOs, with not-for-profit organizations, with local governments, with uh, other state institutions and national governments, to mobilize resources beyond the company itself to ensure that those problems are really effectively addressed. Now, that is a skill set that obviously many people within uh, different organizations have, but for the most part, they're not the approaches that some of the largest corporations in the world have taken to date. So that retooling is something that's going to be critically important going forward to ensure that this really becomes effective. And one of the uh, implications of this, I believe, is that it will make employment 
much more exciting, much more inspirational than it has been to date, where people can feel a real purpose and meaning to the work that they're doing and the way in which they can contribute towards helping to solve some of the world's greatest problems. So if you're listening to this podcast today, you're on the hook. Professor Mayer uh, hopes that you will be uh, applying your skills to help businesses solve those big problems. And, And leads me nicely to my final question today. What would be your call to action to anybody listening to the podcast? That we can really all contribute very directly to this direction of travel of business and institutions more generally around the world by demonstrating how we believe that this is exactly what business should be doing. There's obviously been particular influence on the behavior of companies that has come from the climate and environmental agenda. And I think that that is a good illustration of how when public opinion is very effectively mobilized in a positive, not a negative or destructive way, towards affecting change, it can really make a big difference. And the emergence of social media, although it's much criticized in many contexts, is a very powerful tool for really mobilizing public opinion towards affecting real change in organizations and institutions. So I think that we should all be playing our part as customers, as employees, as communities, as members of the uh, global community in terms of really ensuring that these changes come about sufficiently quickly and with the sufficient degree of adoption by businesses and other institutions around the world. Well, Professor Colin Mayer, thank you very much for your time today, for sharing your insight and for that very strong call to action to anybody listening. It's a great pleasure, Katie. Thank you very much indeed for interviewing me. And if you like what you've heard today, please do rate and subscribe to us. I would also love to hear your feedback. So please do drop me a line at any time. I'm Katie at businessfightspoverty.org. Many thanks. Brought to you by Business Fights Poverty. 